Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Nicola Cast. We're starting out this week the same we have the uh, past two weeks. Uh, now that the college football playoff rankings have come out, uh, we take a look. The top seven have have not changed. They've, they've stayed the same as uh, as we, what we discussed last week. Um, Notre Dame, though, now sitting at eight. Um, they're right behind Michigan and Michigan State, who hold the uh, sixth and seventh spot. Uh, Notre Dame worries me because... I just know that the playoffs looking for any opportunity for them to jump Cincinnati. Like that's that's been the discussion we've had every week is, you know, how is Cincinnati not in the top four spot? But I can just feel them trying to edge Notre Dame to jump Cincinnati. Like, well, especially with that Oklahoma loss, they're probably thinking, Man, now Oklahoma Oh, Notre Dame, they could be a good I mean, they could be a competitive no. Boys don't. And I have read things from the um Gary Barta, who is the, I guess, head of the uh, playoff committee, talking about how they're impressed with Notre Dame's resume and, and that the only team they've lost to is Cincinnati. And it's like, yeah, lost to Cincinnati, and you have them an 18 you're <laughs> impressed with, but Cincinnati's done nothing for your, for you to, to put them in the top four. Like, uh, undefeated? Yeah, like... <laughs> Uh, and and granted, I understand all the arguments about Group of Five and their uh, you know strength of schedule, strength of records. But you know, if there were ever a team to do it, I think Cincinnati would be the one to knock off an FBS team, um, especially in the kind of year we've ha- we've been having. So you know, I, I yeah, I'm glad I'm not a Cincinnati fan. We'll just say that. No, I mean <laughs> it just hurts to look and see. 10-0. Oh, yeah, makes sense. George's in there. And then see 10-0 by Cincinnati. Oh, no, they're not in there. I, that just hurts me. Ooh. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Oklahoma State, number nine, got into the top 10. They're the highest team in the Big 12 after Oklahoma's loss. Uh, and then Baylor got ranked ahead of Oklahoma with two losses <laughs> after winning head-to-head. But Michigan's still higher than Michigan State because head-to-head doesn't matter. So, you know, that's where we're at with the college football <laughs> playoff committee right now. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't like. I don't like these rankings at all. I think if you look at the very end at twenty-five, you put a six and four Mississippi State team in. I get it; they beat Auburn, and honestly, granted, they they don't look terrible, but a six and four team in the top twenty-five college football playoff rankings, and NC State's still in at seven and three. Yeah, the the one thing I've noticed about the uh, college football. Um, rankings over the AP rankings is it tends to seem or it seems to me that teams tend to fall very graciously in the in the playoff rankings than they do in the AP rankings. Uh, a team can can lose to you know an uh, unranked team and drop eight twelve spots in the AP poll and then they'll drop five spots in in the college football playoff poll. So uh, that that is one trend I've noticed. Don't really understand it, but. Um, you know, I can't get inside the inside their heads because th- there are already things that don't make sense to me. But uh, hopefully, those will shake themselves out as the season goes on, especially in the Big Ten. Um, speaking of the Big Ten, though, number four Ohio State beat number nineteen Purdue fifty nine to thirty one. Ohio State is now the first top five team to beat the <laughs> monster that is Purdue. <laughs> Honestly, sad. I really wish Purdue could have knocked off Ohio State because then. That maybe then Cincinnati may have got into the play, but yeah. you know, yeah, it was an epic quarterback battle though. Aiden O'Connell had 390 yards for four touchdowns. C.J. Stroud 361 yards for five touchdowns. Uh, both big games from them. Uh, and and that said, I mean, watching the game, you know, Ohio Ohio State, I I can say deserves a top four spot. They they show up. They have that loss to Oregon, but you know you can't. Realistically, three. yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't realistically win them all, and they are number three. Um, but you know, they they took it to Purdue. Aiden O'Connell four touchdowns, and the spread was still what twenty eight points. Like, which is crazy. Yeah, it's it's good playing by Ohio State right now. Uh, number six, Michigan handled Penn State twenty one to seventeen. Cade McNamara two hundred and seventeen yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Roman Wilson, the Michigan wide receiver, has two of those uh, touchdowns receptions. Um, you happy with Michigan's performance, or should they? Uh, should this have been a, a bigger spread? Um, 
if I'm Michigan, I'm happy with it. I mean, even though Penn State got taken out early and their hype really died down because now they're at four losses, obviously, I still think Penn State's a team that could have taken one from Michigan. So, especially from a defensive front, uh, Penn State's defense has been bad all year. Um, so, yeah, I think if I'm Michigan, I'm happy with this win, uh, especially keeping me up there in the top six, top ten, whatever. Yeah, I mean, we came into this game, I, I think one of us picked Penn State actually to beat Michigan. Um, I mean, and, and that's and that's going towards the credit of Penn State. I mean, they're a decent team in the in the Big Ten, obviously not having the season they, they thought they were going to have. Uh, got derailed against Iowa and, and have dropped some games since then, but, you know, Still a team with wins over, you know, Auburn and, and other good Big Ten wins. So, yeah, I think if you're Michigan, it's an unranked Penn State team. You would have been happier if they came in ranked, you know, 10 or 12 and got to knock them off, uh, you know, beef up your strength of record. But uh, a good win still uh, anytime you, you beat a uh, conference rival. Um, th- number 13, Baylor upset number 8, Oklahoma, 27 to 14. Uh, Caleb Williams struggled 142 yards, two interceptions benched for Spencer Rattler. Uh, you know, they got to get their quarterback situation figured out and they need to do that soon. Like after having, what was it? Three years in a row of their quarterbacks drafted number one overall in the draft. And now you're sitting here thinking, well, who's going to put be a better performance than going out and shit in the bed? Like really, really problematic for the quarterback room in Oklahoma. Yeah, and, and it hurts, especially after we bragged on Caleb Williams and how we thought, you know, he's going to come out and continue that performance and prove that he should get the first or should get the starting spot. But here we are with him throwing two interceptions and only for 146 yards and a loss to Baylor, who just lost to TCU. I mean. And this was the game we said Oklahoma has to win. Like, you have your first real stretch of games where you can say we're a legit team because all year long, even us, we've doubted Oklahoma because who have they beat? And the teams they have beat, they haven't looked good. And now you get a chance for a ranked Baylor, Iowa State, and then a ranked Oklahoma State to finish your season out and you drop the very first one. Like That's not a good start. And, and, and you still have Iowa State and Oklahoma State to play. Oklahoma State also with only one loss. That's a much bigger game than it was just a week ago. Um, so yeah, you you if you're Oklahoma, you've put yourself in, in a really bad spot. And I mean, I hate to jump to conclusions, but that may have been the death sentence for your postseason. Oh, for sure. Postseason yeah. ambitions. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they make postseason. And based off this game, and honestly, if we reflect on their whole season, I don't think they beat OSU. I really don't think they stand a chance. I think. Maybe they could pull something together, but there's I just don't see I don't see it happening. And to clarify, we mean postseason in terms of playoffs rather than bowl games. They they will get a bowl game, but uh, their playoff hopes certainly dashed. Um, so, you know, I think we could have said it, we we told you so a lot a lot earlier in the oh, season, but uh, now here we are. I mean, that was their that 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 and this next couple games were their chance to prove like okay we actually are a contender and yeah can't do it nope uh number 15 Ole Miss beats number 11 Texas A&M 29-19 uh, it was a poor game from Zach Calzada two interceptions um Ole Miss's defense had a safety and pick six so uh really big defensive performance from Ole Miss um and now Texas A&M gets to sit on the sidelines and and <laughs> Hope for some miracles for any chance at the uh, SEC West title. Uh, Alabama will clinch that with a win over Arkansas next weekend, should they win. Um, which, you know. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, really uh, disappointing game for Texas A&M. Um, but, you know, what can you do? No, yeah, like I told you, it, it was going to be needed to have a huge defensive front from either team to win, and that's what we see with Ole Miss. Like you said, the pick six, the safety. Um, honestly, holding Calzada to two interceptions. And then, I said it last week, too, holding Spiller to a, a minimal amount of rushing yards, which they did at 41. Ole Miss's defense looked really good in this game um, and was much needed, especially after that loss to Auburn. So, um, still not super impressed with Corral's game, but I like that at least he did throw interceptions this game, had a TD, just kind of got back under his feet. 
Yeah, he, he's definitely cooled as the season's gone on, but still playing at a pretty good level. So, um, I mean, they have a very remote chance, Ole Miss, that is, still at the SEC West, but they already carry that loss against Alabama, so they would need an Alabama loss to Arkansas and Auburn back-to-back, and I just don't know if they can bank on that. Um, number 12, Wake Forest hangs on to beat number 16, NC State, 45-42. to uh, Devin Leary of NC State had 408 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, and then Sam Hartman, 290 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions with a rushing touchdown. Um, I mean, that's another big game from Hartman. The mistakes were kind of high, but, um, you know, you polish some of those up and you're, you're talking about what really is a decent Wake Forest team. Like, it's no fluke to, to put them in your top ten, um, and they're unbeaten in, in the ACC still. So um, I'm impressed to see what, what they've put together for this season especially. Yeah, me too. I mean, I didn't expect them to even be ranked. Like, a while back when they were finally ranked at 17, I was like, wait for it, right? And then you really got to see Hartman throw the ball in that game they traded with Army. And, I mean, honestly, here they traded. There wasn't much defense aside from the picks thrown. Um, So I think think Wake Forest definitely is a team that may remain in the ACC as a contender with how it's looked this year for the next couple of years, potentially. Um, yeah, they definitely need to shore up the defense. Uh, I don't see that happening with late into the season. We've got, um, you know, they can play a little better, but the teams are still going to score in Wake Forest. It's just a matter of can you outscore them. Um, the thing is, though, I know we talked, I think, two weeks ago about Wake Forest staying undefeated, winning the ACC, and the argument that if it were Clemson who went undefeated, won the ACC, even in a down year in the ACC, they're getting a playoff spot. Easy. I said that if Wake Forest stays undefeated, wins the ACC, they deserve a playoff spot. I'm cooling that argument down just a little bit, just because <laughs> just because their defense is very shaky. Very bad. I mean, they're, let, they're letting any team score 40 on them, no problem. They're averaging, their defense is allowing 30 points a game on average. Um do I think they're decent? Yes. Do I think they're going to go in and beat Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, or Oregon? No. So on, on that alone, I'm, I'm going to cool my <laughs> cool my uh, <laughs> heat saying that they, they need a playoff spot if they stay undefeated. Um, that being said, a New Year's Six game, not out, not outside the realm of possibility. That would be so, a fun game to watch. I mean, Yeah, and, and that's that's well-deserved for wait, wait. Wake Forest. Wake Forest don't miss? Uh yeah, that could be that could, be, mean, that could, be, that could mean, be a very good game. Both both teams could break a hundred. Sling in the ball. Um Mississippi State upset number seventeen Auburn forty three to thirty four. It was twenty eight to ten Auburn at halftime. Twenty eight to three at one point. Yeah. Right right before halftime it was twenty eight to three, then Mississippi they were State like, scored. Auburn was like sixty two and oh in games where they led by twenty five or more was the stat. Five unanswered touchdowns from Mississippi mm. State after the half. Uh, Will Rogers finished with 415 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, yeah, just an absolute implosion from Auburn. Um, I mean, there's not even words to, to describe how bad of a choke that was. No, and I, I remember this is like the one game I was able to actually like sit down and watch a little bit of uh, this weekend, and I was like, oh, 23. Like this is the game I'm going to be able to watch, and then I just slowly saw Mississippi State come back. So. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Mississippi State's going to do it. And then Will Rogers ends up with six TDs. Oh, my gosh. And I think last week you picked Mississippi State up. So I Auburn, did. So, I sure did. Well, good. Yeah, feels good. Feels yeah, good. Whether you saw the comeback coming, I don't yeah. know, but no, I, you know, I'll feels, give feels, it to you. It feels good a little bit. I, when I first saw the score, I was like, oh, that was, that was a bad hot take. But, hey, you know, it worked out. It happens. <laughs> Can't stop the air raid. Can't stop the air raid, man. Uh, looking to this weekend, though, uh, number seven Michigan State is at number four Ohio State. Ohio State a nineteen point favorite. Uh, yeah, that's big money. That is, that is huge. <laughs> like I'm not saying Michigan State's great and all, but and a four and a seven are playing each other, and you're gonna tell me it's gonna be a nineteen point spread? Yeah, and I think it's a terrible look for the playoff committee if the game is a blowout because they've tried relying so heavily on the eye test this year. You know, putting 
Michigan ahead of Michigan State, even though they own the head-to-head, keeping Cincinnati out because they don't feel like they're, they've played it, you know, as tough of teams. They're doing a lot of these eye test things. And if you're going to eye test a number 17 that gets blown out by 19 points to your number 14, your system's wrong. Like, you should, if you're doing your eye test, then you should have saw Michigan State at 18, 19 if they're going to go and lose by 19. So, uh, for the sake of the college football playoff committee, I'm sure they're hoping that this is a close, close game. Um, I have to believe Michigan State's better than a 19 <laughs> point <laughs> difference to Ohio State. Uh, I will still take Ohio State to win, but I'm not going to say they're going to cover. No, That's, yeah, that that I mean, I just can't do that considering it's a number it's seventeen. Like it's, that. it's a ranked seventeen, man. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. Ohio a State one loss ranked. ranked seventeen. Yeah, so. like it's not like they're terrible. I um, yeah, I'm, I'm I agree. Ohio State wins, but doesn't cover. Uh, Iowa State is at number thirteen. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, a minus four point favorite. Uh, and Oklahoma needs quarterback performance, no matter who they put out there, whether it's Williams or Rattler. They're going to need somebody to step up because this is not a, a cakewalk win that they can just show up and, and get out with a W. This is an Iowa State team that has underperformed expectations for the season, but still a threat to, to win games. So um, Oklahoma's quarterback is really going to have to step up here. No, absolutely. I think I'm still going to take Oklahoma um, minus four. I think they'll start Caleb Williams. I think Caleb Williams will come out and render his mistakes made last game and show that he's still there to play. I don't think we're going to see Rattler start unless Williams just does terrible again this game. Then maybe we'll see him start against uh, Oklahoma State. But I'm still taking Oklahoma minus four. Yeah, I, for me, this one just hinges solely on quarterback performance. If either show up and play decent, Oklahoma should win. If they don't, then it's an Iowa State win. The two losses in a row with Oklahoma just mm. inexplicably, inexplicably drop. Uh, number 10, Wake Forest, is at Clemson. Clemson's a minus four-point favorite and favored by FPI with 68.5%. Uh, it's likely due to Wake's defense, like we said, that, that Clemson's got a slight edge. Um, but, you know, Oingole has not been playing very well. No. He has 1,700 yards on the season, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions. Compare that to Sam Hartman, who's got 3,100 yards, 30 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. So, you know, a tale of two quarterbacks here. <laughs> and we know Clemson's offense still is, is, is riddled with five stars, but, y- you know... How many how many stops is our defense going to make about against Wake? Because Wake's going to put points up. I mean, this this one There's, this one's really hard for me because it's like I could see I can very easily see Wake Forest going in and and winning, but at the same time it's like, will they get enough stops? I think they will. I'm taking Wake to win, uh, but it will be an intriguing game. I'm taking Wake to win and cover as well. Actually. I'm going to take back the cover. I think they only went by three. I think it's another field goal situation. Well, Clemson's a favorite. Clemson's a minus four oh, point I'm favorite. Taking, okay, I'm taking Wake Forest to win over then. Clemson's a favorite? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let me get... Last time Last time they did this, granted, UNC won. We didn't see something. This time, that's not going to happen. Clemson is not good. Like you just read the stats, Clemson is not good. Wake Forest wins by... However, honestly, it doesn't matter. Like, they're just going to throw. I, I really don't think Clemson's defense is even capable enough to stop Hartman. He might throw a couple of interceptions, but I'm saying he's throwing for four TDs at least. This is uh, the fourth time we've been confused by Vegas. And let me remind you, we're one and two picking against those games. So, I mean, we're still going to go wait for us. I want two and two, baby. Give it to me. Come on. But <laughs> we still have. Knowing that. We, uh, we, yeah, we still have the losing record, so. Uh, That's yeah. We're, we're gonna need some quick. help here. Uh, number twenty-one, Arkansas is at number two, Alabama. Alabama, a twenty-point-five point favorite, um, and a win for Bama. Like I said earlier, clinches the SEC West title. Um, I defended Arkansas earlier in the season when the spread was high against Georgia. I believe that was nineteen points. Got played. Was completely <laughs> wrong. Not going to do that again. Bama wins. Bama covers. No, yeah, Bama wins. Bama covers. Uh, I may have a little reserves after the LSU game. But it's Arkansas defense 
Arkansas's offense isn't going to be able to think about keeping up to Alabama, so I'm going to go Alabama win, Alabama cover. Uh, and then number three, Oregon is at number 23, Utah. Utah, a minus three-point favorite. Uh, and 61.8% Utah, according to FPI. So both both stats favoring uh, the Utes in this one. Surprised again to see this one. Oh, what is going on, man? <laughs> like, I, I almost hate to pick Oregon to win this game. Like, I almost want to side with Utah to maybe give Oregon a chance. Like, I don't want to jinx them. Yeah, I... Here's the deal. This game has to mean more to Oregon than any game they've played all season. <laughs> Knowing that you lose this, you're done. Like, your three ranking... You, you should have already been done. Yeah, you're... So this you're, is a second chance. Your three ranking doesn't come back. A loss to Stanford, which was unexplainable. You can't, you can't. Think and then that. a loss to a, a 23-ranked Utah, who I think has three three losses themselves. Um yeah, that's the, you're, you're you're playing with with fire here. Uh, and Oregon has to win by more. Like they can't just they can't just win. They need to win by more than three. Like let's say a touchdown at least. Because this, how are you going to tell me Utah's favored? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I was I was surprised by the. I'm not surprised that they expected it to be close. Like if they took Oregon minus three, the shock factor would have been lower for me. Utah minus three is shocking. I'm going to take Oregon to win. But only because they have so much on the line. Like, I have to feel like they're going to come play their best football because if they don't, they're done for. So um, that's where I'm going to lean on that one. Yeah, I'll take Oregon to win. I They have to win. And the fact that just thinking about, okay, so Utah's minus three, okay. But then Ohio State's minus 19 on a number seven, Michigan State. Mm, okay, I could just. That's, it's hard to think about that, the spreads these this week. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I can't explain it either. Um, even right in the lines, I was like, are you sure Utah minus yeah. three? But that's what it is. Uh, moving up a division, though, NFL recap. The Dolphins upset the Ravens 22-10. to 10. I am now even on best bets for the year. So, uh, you know, if oh. you needed financial advice, <laughs> <laughs> I'm your guy. Uh Lamar Jackson, again, was the leading rusher for the Ravens with 39 yards. <laughs> uh, Jacoby Brissett started the game for the Dolphins, and Tua replaced him after injury early in the second half. Uh, I think it was the uh, first drive of the second half for the Dolphins. Jacoby Brissett goes down with an injury. Um, but I think Tua played better than, than Brissett did regardless of, of injury. Uh, and I think they're destroying him in Miami. Like They drafted him to be the heir apparent to the franchise. Then they get into trade talks with the Texans for Deshaun Watson and all his problems that come with that at the moment. Um, meanwhile, you have Tua who you benched in favor of Jacoby Brissett. Uh, and then you send him out there when, when Jacoby gets hurt and, and he outperforms Jacoby Brissett. And uh, I have to believe if I'm Tua, I'm looking out of Miami. Like I'm, I would have already checked out by now, so it's impressive to see him continue to, to play well and, and, and allow his team to win. Um, but if I were him, I would not be happy playing for Miami anymore. I'd be, I would pull the prima donna and, and request a trade. No, yeah, I agree. Uh, the fact that he's still there and the fact that they're overlooking his talent, regardless of a couple bad weeks, is mind-blowing to me. I think they're taking what they have for granted and they're gonna trade him they're gonna lose him and they're gonna continue being the what are they now three and seven they might be the next lions next year if they lose to let's be honest like they have nobody who could perform to two as lower even their defense is mediocre like yeah you hold the ravens to 10 points like you said the ravens played their competition so you took the dolphins because the ravens had close game with the lions already this year and so, uh, I think if they lose Tua, they're not going to be any better off than they already are starting jo- Jacoby over him. The fact that the Dolphins won, hats off to you. Didn't even see him covering. <laughs> so. Um, but, of course, at, wait, of course, after the week that I brag on Lamar Jackson, first time in my life, granted, <laughs> he goes and doesn't have a terrible week. But loses to the Dolphins, man. Yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> I feel so bad. <laughs> um, 
Moving on to that game, though, the Patriots scorched the Browns 45-7. to Mac Jones is on a tear, 198 yards and three touchdowns. Ramondre Stevenson, I did not mention him as my waiver wire for the last <laughs> week, but I did pick him up, and I was happy about it because man ran all over the Browns, uh, 100 yards for two touchdowns against uh, Browns front four that consists of Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, so... Uh, impressive game from from Stevenson. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 73 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, had slight injury replaced by uh, Case Keenum, who didn't do much. There wasn't a lot of time left in the game. Uh, but now the Browns find themselves at the bottom of a, a weird-ass division. Like, any every single team in the AFC North, the Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals, the Ravens, all have lost. Some weird games. <laughs> They've all won games that just blow my mind. They show up week in, week out, and tie the, the Lions. Like, <laughs> this division, man, I just can't I can't understand anything about it. Like, Dude, it's chaos. Like, one, I hate that there was even a tie. Like, just the fact that you can tie in the NFL is hard enough to comprehend it is. Like, but then it's the Steelers who tie. To the Browns, after beating the Browns, or Steelers who tied the Lions after the Steelers beat the Browns. The Browns just beat the Bengals, but the Bengals just beat the Ravens. Yeah, it's chaos. So it's like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> the Steelers. Lovingly referred to as the circle of suck. The, the, there's something going on, bro. How do you... Oh, wow. Uh, another uh, team that just shouldn't have showed up Sunday, the Cowboys destroyed the Falcons 43-3. to Uh if you couldn't tell, Dallas was not happy with the loss last week to the Broncos. <laughs> uh, the Dallas's defense had three total interceptions, another one for uh, Trayvon Diggs. Um, I mean, right back in, right back into the the form we were expecting of Dallas all season long, um, and just an unfortunate game from the Falcons. Matt Ryan, 117 yards and two interceptions. Uh, you think this is his retirement season? Retirement or he's getting out of ATL. There's, I just don't see them doing anything for him or for their team. Ever since that playoff or Super Bowl appearance against the Patriots, it's just been nothing. Like they have not given their team a thing to help. Like they got Ridley, okay, but then what? Like, well, I mean, they they picked up Mike Davis over the offseason, which was supposed to be a big move. And then Cordero Patterson's taken us. Yeah, that didn't pay out. Calvin Ridley is now. Still gone for personal issues. Uh, Kyle Pitts, a good weapon, but can't obviously do can't do it by yeah. himself. So, yeah, it's uh, the pieces are there. I think they're just not playing well together. Yeah. Like, they haven't all come together and 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 produced what they were supposed to, um, which is surprising because it, it did seem that Atlanta was going to at least make a push for that NFC South uh, competition, but. Uh, they're falling behind very quickly now. No, I agree. Um, but honestly, you talked about the defense here for the Cowboys. That was probably something I was most surprised with, being able to stop the Falcons, who do still have a decent offense, despite being broken with injuries and people not wanting to show up to games um, due to other issues. Um, but, man, their defense looked really good, especially after dropping to the Broncos. Even though Dak threw for two TDs, 296 yards, like the defense to be able to hold the Falcons at three points – I was impressed with. It. I think that's definitely something going forward that um, shows promise to keeping them as a playoff caliber team and not just some NFC East team that squeaks in because they have to. Yeah, and two losses. They're they're far from the NFC East team we expected them to be at the at the beginning of the season. Um, will they continue? We'll see. But you know, still in a great position for Dallas. Um, the Titans beat the Saints twenty three to twenty one. Uh, tell us how you feel about Marquez Callaway. Scored the uh, Saints touchdown with one minute left to bring the Saints within two. <laughs> uh, there's just no words. I mean, <laughs> do you really think you're going to win the game, man? Like, was it? Oh. The Titans are up. What What was the score at one point? It was like 23-7. to seven, Something like that. Like, they was like it was like 23-7 at some point. I was like, awesome. I knew I made the right best bet this week. Easy. I'll stay one behind that. Marcus Callaway. <laughs> he just decides to, you know, score a TD and 
then the Titans just want to run the clock out to win. I don't know who'd want to do that, but thanks for uh, thanks for that. So now I'm what four and six and one, uh, three six and one, three six and one, three yeah. six and one because you're five and five. Great stuff. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> Uh, and Trevor Simeon is playing surprisingly well, well, surprisingly well, 298 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I can't argue. Those are James numbers. Yeah, listen, no, <laughs> are arguably better than James. Yeah. I mean, maybe a couple more TDs and he's there, man. I would, yeah, I would say uh, probably better than James, honestly. Yeah. But, Golly. Um, the Lions and Steelers tied 16 to 16. Uh, the overtime period consisted of two Steeler fumbles, one of which essentially in field goal range for Pittsburgh. And a missed field goal by the Lions. Uh, honestly, watching it, it felt like neither team really wanted to win. They're just like, eh, it's time to go home. It's <laughs> it's raining. The weather sucks. You know, time to fly back. Uh, absolutely no effort in the overtime period. Uh, but it also destroys the hopes of having our first 0-17 team <laughs> in NFL history. And ever, of course, they so. had a tie, bro. 0 16 and 1 is still a shot, though. I mean, hey, listen, I still consider the 17 losses in my book. I'm going to be honest. The, the Lions don't deserve a win this year, and if they were to, that was their game to win right there. And I think it was a bigger, although they tied, it was a loss for the Steelers because after the Ravens lost to the Dolphins, the Steelers had a shot to tie them in the AFC North and blew it uh, with whatever the hell they decided to do in overtime. Um, I mean, that was that was your shot. Especially with in a week where Ben Roethlisberger was out, you had to start Mason Rudolph. What was it? And you tie. That ain't gonna do that it. That was so bad. That it ain't gonna do it. Yeah. Um, Washington upset the Bucks twenty nine nineteen. Terrible start for uh, Brady. Two interceptions right out of the gate. Um, on the Washington side of the ball, Antonio Gibson with two rushing touchdowns. Um, pretty good game from him. However, Chase Young goes down with a torn ACL, likely out for the season. Um, Washington's defense hasn't been what they were supposed to this year, but that's still a huge loss going forward um, when you have one of your more, uh, I would say, leader-type characters and Chase Young on your defense. Uh, losing him will be will be big for sure. Um, but the Panthers and, and the Saints are now one game behind Tampa Bay in the NFC South, so... Um, some parity in, in that division right now um, with multiple games against each other left to play. So that could be interesting. Yeah, I think it was really interesting that the Bucks honestly dropped to the Washington football team. I didn't, wouldn't have expected that from a mile away, honestly, with how well Brady's been playing this year, even with a few um, mishaps. And what is that? They dropped two in a row now? Saints the week before? Uh, I think so. I, I'm worried that that'll continue going on forward for the Bucks, um, And I'm interested to see what they're going to change it. Because honestly, even though their offense was a little slower this week, it seems to be more of a defensive problem right now than offensive, um, even through Brady's last uh, few interceptions. Uh, and one of those in the Saints game being costly. Um, but I don't think there's too much to worry about here with the Bucks offense. The Washington football team ha- does have a decent defense. What I would be worried about if I was Bucks fan was your defense because you just let Taylor Heineke win against you and your defense. So mainly Antonio Gibson. Yeah, but. yeah. Antonio Gibson did have a great game. Um, so I definitely, I definitely think we need to see some changes with that Bucks defense and maybe more creativity back there in the in the pocket from Brady and that group because he's throwing well, but maybe it's just getting too old. Uh-oh. 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 Hard time. <laughs> um, I can recount multiple times I've heard that before. Um, likely not to see Brady <laughs> slow down. So, uh, you know, if anything, the, the games like that piss him off to, to the point where he's like, all right, fine. Who are we playing next week? Uh, the Giants? <laughs> yeah. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Six touchdowns and, and tell them to go. And then we point, ah, oh, there's themselves. the typical NFC East team right there. <laughs> the Giants. Yeah, there's the Giants. <laughs> uh, the Panthers upset the Cardinals 34-10. to 10. Not what I would expect again. This is just, I, we're going to go ahead and just stamp this entire season. Not what I expected. <laughs> we're going to throw that on the whole season. Because who would have guessed that the Panthers would beat the, the Cardinals by 24 points? Granted, no Kyler Murray, no D-Hop. 
Those kind of suck. A lot of a lot of weapons gone, but uh, the return of Cam Newton a little too much for the Cardinals. He did get his first touchdown, plural, of yeah. the season. One passing, one one rushing. Um, and when asked how much of the playbook he knew, he he said two touchdowns worth. So that's honestly a fantastic answer. I got the <laughs> mic drop moment right there. You knew he was waiting for that. Um, no, I, I would not have expected this game. Um, it does hurt the Cardinals that Murray and D-Hop were out. But I think just something to take a little note on is Cam Newton's back. Like you said, he scored his first touchdowns on each. And granted, didn't have many plays in the game, but the plays that he was in the game were big plays that allowed them to win the game, I think. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more of Cam this season. Would you like to go on record and... and... Throw out your prediction for the Panthers this season. <clears throat> Panthers do make the playoffs this season. It is not an overreaction, especially if they keep starting Cam. Cam, McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Rodney Anderson, those four are going to carry the Panthers to win with or to a play to the playoffs with their great defense, not to mention. So that being said, Panthers make the playoffs. By division or wild card? I'm gonna go wild card. I don't. I don't think they're going to be able to sneak it in divisionally. Um, I think the Bucks are still going to hold that out. But just saying, Cam's leading into the playoffs. I uh, I'm going to have to take a hard disagree, <laughs> but uh, it's a good start for for Cam's return uh, to beat the Cardinals. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where uh, the Panthers season take them. But um, I could. I, I mean. I it's could, not I see him, I could, yeah, I could, I could but... see I could see them making a run for a wild card spot, but uh, I think there's a lot of NFC te- teams that are going to be trying to do that. So if they were on the AFC side, I would be 100% agreeing that on the NFC they'll, they'll get into the playoffs. But you have so many teams right now in the NFC that it's hard to, to yeah. pick. Because easily you're pulling Rams, Cardinals. One of those two has to be a wild card Green spot. Bay. Well, Green Bay. We're just talking. We're just talking playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're talking playoffs, you're going to take. Cardinals or Rams for sure. Then you've got the Packers, Bucks, Saints. I think Saints will drop off. Um, I have the Cardinals right now, or the Panthers. I think they'll fall off, though. Right, I, mean, um, I mean, if you think they'll fall off, that's fine. I'm just saying people I'm who are in contention right now, the Cowboys. Cowboys are winning. I think the Eagles could be in contention if they had won just a couple more key games, but they didn't. Um, uh, they have time. They do. I guess the. Uh, the Vikings are in the game behind. I don't know. I guess it's still a little early. But I think you know, there's, there's a chance. Just wait. Right. <laughs> uh, the Vikings beat the Chargers 27-20. 294 yards and two touchdowns from Kirk Cousins. Both to Tyler Conklin. Uh, Eric Kendricks had a great game. The interception, a sack, pass deflections. He was all over the place. Um, but that loss, the Chiefs clawed their way back to first in the AFC West. Who would have thought that three weeks ago? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not me. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> we, we were done with the Chiefs three weeks ago. We, but, had, we had written them off, and now back in first place. Well, when you have a team who faces more adversity than an average person does in their life, and then, you know, Justin Herbert, who's, you know, flirting with a sophomore slumpier, it, it would seem. I, I can see him now why they're back up top. I just hate that they're back up top, you know? Like, I was almost, like, excited not to, and then here we are. Fate arrives all the same. Fate arrives all the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Packers shut down the Seahawks 17-0. Not a great first game back from uh, Russell Wilson. 161 yards and two tu- two interceptions, not touchdowns. Um, and then A.J. Dillon had both Packers touchdowns. Killed me in fantasy, so <laughs> thanks a lot, A.J. Dillon. Uh, <laughs> The Seahawks are a long way now from any postseason talk, even with Russ back. Uh, three wins in a, in a tough division, and they're staring down still a tough schedule for the remainder of their season. Not a spot they wanted to be, for sure. No, and like I told you last week, the I knew it was going to be a game of defense because you've got Rodgers coming from COVID and Wilson coming off injury. It was going to be a really rusty game for both, which we saw both throw a couple interceptions. Um Aaron Rodgers only threw one, but we knew it'd be a rough game from a def- from an offensive perspective that way. But AJ Dillon coming in, and stepping in, filling those shoes that Aaron Jones had put into that game after he got hurt was huge, and honestly led them to that win. Aside from the big interceptions the Packers made, but 
I, I'm not too worried for the Seahawks. I don't think they made playoffs at all this year. But going into next year, they're going to have to make some moves. Got to give Russell Wilson more protection. Defense. Yeah, something. Would you think that it would have a good defense with Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, like some big names, Trey Flowers back there. But there's this one play when Devonta Adams caught the ball and ran through four defenders who just stopped and act like they didn't know how to tackle. It was pretty embarrassing. If I do say so myself. But, yeah, no, some big defense moves because they've got the, everything on offense you could ask for. So, they definitely – there has to be adjustments made in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, the Chiefs put down the Raiders 41-14 like we were mentioning a, a minute ago. Uh, bit of a surprise that the Chiefs decided to show up again. Uh, Mahomes with 406 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, seems like stats we would have we had read off from Mahomes last year, not this year. But um, dominant performance on both sides of the ball. Does it continue? <laughs> yeah, uh, no. I'm gonna say no. And here's why I think the Raiders have had a lot of trouble this year. I think their head coaching right now um, and their leadership on that team is probably one of the lowest in the league, given everything that's happened. Um, and truly everything they've faced. So I can understand them dropping such a big game like this. I don't think the Raiders are going to come back and be big and strong or anything this year, but I don't think Mahomes continues this. I think he took advantage of a poor defensive game, and some of his throws, clearly he's relying a lot more on his receivers rather than just trying to make plays. Um, So I don't think it's – as much of a him standpoint as like, oh, look what he just did, but as much of, okay, maybe his offense is starting to click. Um, but that being said, I don't think it continues. I think it'll be them and the Chargers back and forth um, in the top of the AFC West, so we'll see. Well, Mahomes relying on his receivers is kind of what I've been saying for, for a long time now. It's it's backyard football. People love watching it and seeing it, but to me, it comes off as lucky a whole lot more than it comes across as skill. I understand, you know, the the playmaking ability to throw sidearm and and you know across your body and all these weird throws and stuff. But there's a reason NFL coaches say don't do that. <laughs> Set your feet, you know, throw off your front foot, not your back foot. Keep your range in motion. All these things are, are quarterback fundamentals that their their coaches tell them week in, week out. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. It works for Patrick Mahomes, but you also have the fastest receiver receiver in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. You have one of the most sure-handed catchers in Travis Kelsey at tight end. You have a supporting cast of great running backs, even with Clyde Edwards-Alaire on injured reserve. I mean, you have all the pieces that make that possible. You have even one bad game from those receivers or tight ends, or both, and you're talking about getting blown out, throwing multiple interceptions, playing football the way we've seen the Chiefs play football uh, the past few weeks. So, I'm going to say it's a good start, but let's see how you how you continue forward because you you cannot have, you know, relaxed games from Kelsey or, or Tyreek or you're, you're going to get blown out again uh, because Mahomes is not a traditional quarterback who's just going to stay in the pocket and make the right reads. He's going to play some weird backyard football, that's, it's hard to defend, but once you do it once, it gets in his head, your rhythm gets thrown off, you can do it again and again and again. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't foresee this continuing, but uh, it, it's a good start if they're going, if they're going to. Um, the 49ers upset the Rams 31 to 10, two less than stellar stellar performances from Stafford in past weeks. Uh, 243 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions in this game uh, on top of his two interceptions last week against the Titans. Uh, the cracks in the Rams? Potentially. And I mean, I understand Robert Woods being injured and he was definitely a reliable receiver of Stafford's, but two back-to-back performances of two interceptions, one TD. Um, are we seeing old Matthew Stafford? Maybe it's not the Lions necessarily, or maybe it's just people finally figuring out his play style because... This is, a, this is completely different numbers than we've seen all season, besides the last two weeks. I I don't think the issue is inherently 
Stafford. I think even with the Lions, he was a much better quarterback than Goff has been. Um, I mean, the Lions still got wins with Stafford, and, and they're sure. winless without him. So um, I don't think it's a Stafford issue. I think the first interception, interception, you know, call me crazy, but they were trying to make something happen with Odell. The first game of, of having him, he threw in the double coverage, trying to make a play happen. Didn't happen. Uh, Jimmy Ward intercepted it. Jimmy Ward actually with both interceptions of Stafford, one return for a touchdown, so big game from him. But I, I, I hesitate to say it's a Stafford issue and more of an O-line issue. I mean, if you think back to the interceptions he's thrown in the past couple of weeks, it's always when his, his pocket breaks down mm. and he's he's got to make a choice. That, that one to Odell was a poor decision. But almost getting sacked for a safety against the Titans, through an interception there, uh, again against against the uh, 49ers, pocket pressure comes in, has nowhere to go, makes a mistake. Um, so I, I think some help from the line is, is definitely in order. But... Um, Definitely, definitely concerning, especially especially when you're talking they're one game behind the Cardinals. They're still very much in contention this year. Uh, you need to you need to continue winning and win games you're supposed to. 49ers is supposed to be a win for the Rams. Um, you can't you can't drop easy games like that, especially about 21 points um, when you're still in contention. So definitely definitely something needs to change. I don't know what, but uh, we'll see how they adapt in in, in the coming weeks. Yeah, and OBJ with a warm welcome. You know, nice little two receptions, 18 yards. So yeah, much better than... That, yeah, that's the playmaking he wanted. Hey, that's, that's <laughs> literally everything you could have asked for. Um, <laughs> concerns with him. You think he's going to do well with the Rams? You think we're going to see more videos of his, from his dad saying, uh, pass to my son more? <laughs> like, Not this year. Not this year? Not this year. Not this year. If, if they want to re-sign him next year and, and give him another uh, uh, or a longer-term contract, maybe. But um, I think... Yeah. If okay, so Odell had free agency, right? So he gets to choose where he goes. So any videos for the rest of this season need to be put on a separate disc <laughs> and hold it for next year because whatever happens, Odell chose. He did this. He made this decision. Yeah. 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 So can't can't complain this year. Um, do I think he's going to be successful? Eh. I mean. Maybe, especially with Robert Woods now injured, I think it opens up a lot more for Odell because now you kind of have to rely on Odell. Um, and like we've seen, he can catch. I mean, there, no one will doubt his his playmaking ability and his, his ability to, to catch the tough balls. Um, how long it takes for him and Stafford to build chemistry is the biggest question because obviously from what we saw, they're nowhere near that. Had no idea where he was throwing to on, on that first pick he had. Um I can't tell you how long that's going to take. Maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks. Odell still has to learn the playbook. For the most part, I mean, it's like you come in from one language to a completely different one. It's going to take some time. Um, it, it's it's all on how fast he can adapt. If he can adapt quickly, build that chemistry with Stafford, stay late with the coaches, with Stafford, run extra routes, things like that, easily he can have he could have a uh, a breakout season compared to what he's had in prior years in in Cleveland. But you know, if that takes five or six weeks to build, I mean, you're talking about finally clicking right before playoffs, and then it's a matter of can you carry that into playoffs. So um, a lot of question marks. But uh, I think if he works at it and and focuses to build that chemistry and stuff. Then I think I think they'll have a great season, especially with Cooper Cup playing the way he's playing. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. Um, previewing this week's games: the Patriots are at the Falcons. Pats are a minus seven point favorite. Uh, Cordell Patterson is questionable, so Gallman and Davis will split the snaps if he's out. Uh, that being said, Patriots win and cover. They are rolling, and I'm not taking. I'm not betting against the Patriots until they prove me wrong. Oh uh, yeah, I will not bet against Patriots until they lose, and I'm also taking Patriots win cover, especially with how shut out the Falcons were last week. I don't think anything changes. Uh, the Colts are at the Bills. Bills a minus seven point favorite. Uh, I think this game, the defense for the Bills is just going to make it too hard for the Colts to find very many points. Uh, so I'm going to take the Bills to win and cover. Um, 
Colts aren't going to slow him down at all. <laughs> no, yeah, I think the after, especially if, especially after last week's vengeance taken out on the Jets by the Bills, I think we see the Bills win cover. I think the Colts do put up some points, but I don't think they're going to be able to stay within a touchdown all game. Uh, the Ravens are at the Bears. Ravens a four and a half point favorite. Uh, coming off two losses in three weeks, the Ravens are, uh, and that win came in overtime against the Vikings. Uh, they really need to right the ship and start winning the games they're supposed to, this being one of those. Um, that said, Ravens win, but I still don't think they cover. I think it's closer than, than four and a half. I think Ravens win as well. I think it's also going to be closer because of the Bears' defense. Um, obviously, it's not as good as it has been in the years, but you've got Chloe Mack right there who has shown to be really good at reading Lamar Jackson. So I think we're going to see minimal yardage on the ground from Lamar this week and probably more usage of the backs than anything when it comes to running. But we'll see. Typically, Lamar relies on himself because he has no choice. So (laughs) we should see. But I think Ravens win. I don't think they cover, though. Um, Packers are at the Vikings. Pack a minus two-point favorite. Uh, I have to say, Kirk Cousins is having a sneaky good year. Like, he's not getting a lot of coverage in, in media and press, but, I mean, it, it's an impressive resume he's building this year. Uh, also, Aaron Jones likely to be out for the Packers, so A.J. Dillon will be getting those starting reps. Mm. Um, this is my upset pick of the week. I have the Vikings, Vikings to win. I'm actually going to take the uh, – I'm thinking Packers to win a cover. I think Aaron Rodgers – uh, didn't have a great week last week, but I think he's going to come back this week and play really good against that Vikings defense. I do think that the Packers defense won't be able to keep up with how they did last week, though. So I think it'll be a lot closer for game, but I'll still have the Packers to win uh, and cover. Uh, the Saints are at the Eagles. The Eagles are one-and-a-half-point favorite. Nearly a tie for FPI. Uh, both teams still alive in, in their respective divisions. Miles Sanders and Alvin Kamara likely to return for this game. Um this was a hard one to pick for me, but I took Eagles to win, uh, and the spread, I think, is enough to cover fairly easily. Mm, I think with Kamara coming back, I'm going to take the Saints on this one. I think we'll be able to see a lot faster start from them now that they have one of their biggest weapons back. So I'm going to take the Saints instead of the Eagles, actually. Eagles are still my, my dark horse this year. I think they're a very sneaky good team, but we'll, yeah, we'll see if uh, Miles Sanders comes back. And finally, we'll have some kind of agreeance on Philadelphia running backs because so the <laughs> three-headed running back kind of thing for Philadelphia. You're wrong three weeks in a row because of Philadelphia, bro. Just think about and it. And the craziest thing is, if I would have just picked a different one, it would have been fine. But every time I pick a, a Philly running back, it's a different one that goes the, off and has a good oh, game. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy. what is really anymore? We're speaking like, Devontae Smith finally breaking out. I had a great game this week. One of my more regrettable yeah, uh, drops. waiver drops. Yeah, That was tough. That was well, tough. It happens. <laughs> um, the Bengals are at the Raiders. The Bengals are minus one point favorite. Another FPI deadlock. Uh, this is this is in essence a game of which Cincinnati team shows up. It's gonna be every game. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's where that's what it's become at this point. If if the you know steamy hot rolling Bengals show up easily, but if they show up and and lay an egg, I mean the Raiders are not going to just give up a game. They're not going to play to their competition. So um, Cincinnati will have to show up. I'm going to say coming off the of two losses, the Bengals are really going to be trying to to take this win. So I'm going to ha- I'll, I'll take them to win. I also take Bengals to win and cover. Obviously, it's on the last one. So uh, and the Cowboys are at the Chiefs. Chiefs a two point favorite. Another FPI tie. Uh, Kansas City starting to find their rhythm again. Three wins in a row. Uh, one over a depleted Green Bay team and the other over the Las Vegas adversity. Uh, if they have it, there it goes. Because the Cowboys are coming in, they're going to roll. Yeah, they are going to roll over the Chiefs. And I, the Chiefs defense has been nothing short of awful this season, very similar to that of the Seahawks, um, excluding the game from the Packers because that was Jordan Love's offense, not Aaron Rodgers. But uh, I take Cowboys to win. And obviously by two touchdowns because – how they played against the Falcons, granted, is you can't really compare the Falcons to the Chiefs, but you can compare the two defenses because they play very similar. They both are terrible. Cowboys are going to destroy. I think we see Mahomes throw a couple of interceptions here too with how well Diggs and the Cowboys defense has been playing. 
This, this was almost my best bet of the week, but it was not. <laughs> we, we will get to that in a sec. Uh, the Cardinals are at the Seahawks. The Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point favorite. Kyler Murray and D-Hop still uncertain. Don't know yet if they will be able to play. Uh, and this will be the second game back for Russ. Who do you see winning this one? I'm thinking Cardinals minus two-and-a-half. I, I just don't think the Seahawks have it in them to, uh, you know, really – get their feet underneath them and win against a good opponent this year. Uh, even with Russell Wilson now going to be able to be back for a week, have time to work and um, get himself back to 100%. I just, uh, especially if Murray and D Hop are both playing or even just one of them, I still think we see the Cardinals winning cover here. Yeah, I agree. I took Arizona to win and cover. Um, Seahawks are in a very bad spot. Three wins. Dead last in the uh, NFC West. Um, not much to play for, to be honest, at this point. A couple more losses will uh, assure that they cannot win the, the NFC West division with Arizona sitting at eight wins. So uh, kind of a, a dismal feel in Seattle. Defense still sucks, so uh, Arizona winning cover. What's your best bet this week? So my best bet this week is actually going to be Packers minus two and a half over the Vikings. I really think Aaron Rodgers, uh, after all this, you know, stuff came out about him not being vaccinated and now him having kind of a down week against the Seahawks, even though they won, I think he's going to come out this week against a division rival and show why he's still in the league and show that he doesn't care uh, about what people are saying about him, regardless if he's in the right or wrong. Um, So I'm excited to see what he's going to do against the Vikings because it's a division rival, so... Well, you know where I stand on that one. <laughs> uh, my best bet is Patriots minus seven versus the mm. Falcons. Uh, after what they did to the Browns last week, I just don't see any chance that the Fal- Falcons keep it close after getting skunked by the Cowboys. Um, you know, like I said, not picking against the Patriots, not betting against the Patriots. In fact, I'm betting with the Patriots. So <laughs> we're going to see. We're going to go with them and an have some lose this week, though. Can we just. Oh, don't even What about Waiver Wire? Okay, Waiver Wire, I thought pretty hard about this one because, you know, I had a couple of gut reactions. Uh, one being Adrian Peterson, but I've already made that. I think he's going to do well this week. I think you should start him if you have him. They're playing the Texans have a terrible run defense. Um, but my actual waiver wire this week, moves have probably already been made. Cam Newton for the Panthers. Obviously, quarterback depth goes deep um, into most leagues, and really you can just kind of trade off. But getting Cam now is important because I, by the end of the season, he will be the starter. I think he's going to move them to the playoffs. Obviously, I already said that. But... Over the couple plays he played in this last game against the Cardinals, who do have a decent defense, he notched two TDs. If the, even if they just use Cam for those TD plays, he's going to be worth it, I think, in the end, especially with the shakiness we've seen from quarterbacks uh, who are typically decent in these last few weeks, like Russ, Rodgers, even Lamar Jackson that have that great of a week. So I think spicy little pick, pick him up, you know. Do you think cracks start to show when he takes his start, though? If he throws a few interceptions or or starts doubting his confidence, because I mean we saw with the Patriots that arm is not the same as it used to. No, be, so. yeah, I think we'll see. Uh, I think it's Cam Newton. We'll see a couple of interceptions, but I think his leadership on the team plus his versatility as a runner thrower, even though he's not as prime or to say not as good as Lamar Jackson is and right now, um, I still think he will be able to lead his team because now that he's got McCaffrey and a couple other weapons, he's on a more different team who can support him rather than the Patriots, even if you do have Bill Belichick. Uh, well, speaking of the Patriots, I'm sticking with them for my waiver wire pick too. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned earlier running back. Uh, rostered in 33.5% of leagues. He'll be starting while Damian Harris is out with concussion. Um Although, even when Harris is back, that's still a good potential flex target for 9 to 10 points a week. Um, he put up 27.4 points against the Browns uh, last week, and he's got an easier matchup against the Falcons this week. So, if Damien Harris is out, pick up Ramon J. Stevenson because he's about to, 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 to tear points, the Falcons apart. Yeah, 
Especially with how reliable of a target he was from Mac Jones. That's huge. Mac Jones is heating up, too. He is. Okay, so that being said, Mac Jones is heating up. Obviously, Jamar Chase has had a couple weeks that haven't been, you know, star spotlighted because of Burrow's interceptions. Is Mac Jones in contention now with Jamar Chase, or would you still say Jamar Chase has a lead in the Offensive Rookie of the Year polls? I think that by nature, Jamar Chase will have an easier path to the the offensive rookie of the year only because, uh, you know, he's making splasher plays, um, harder catches and things like that. And I think receivers get a lot of credit for, for, um, you know, rookie rankings and stuff like that. Um, That said, if the Patriots make the playoffs and make a pretty deep run, Mac Jones will almost assuredly lock that offense rookie of the year position up handedly, in my opinion. Um, he keeps getting better week in, week out. We'll see if, if it continues. But yeah, if Jamar Chase can, continues to have down weeks or, or the Bengals as a whole have down weeks, um, it certainly helps Mac Jones' uh, rookie campaign, especially for offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot similar of a race like we saw last year between Herbert and Jefferson uh, between the two. I think Jones will end up winning it. Even if even if they don't make the playoffs, I think Jones is going to end up winning it as long as he continues to get better or at least stay consistent from here on out. Um, unless Jamar Chase just keeps going crazy every game, but I don't see that happening with the kind of falters we've seen in the Bengals offense. So I think it's going to be a very similar situation between the two like we had last year. So one, one thing that bugs me about it is it seems that those rookie of the year titles and stuff are, are just given to splashy players, uh, the big play players. Cause you think back to last year, Justin Herbert was making much splashier plays than Mac Jones is this year. Um, and Justin Jefferson was more underlying, but had a whole was the leading receiver for the Vikings. Yeah, and, and so I think that that will hurt Jones's case to some degree because he's not a splashy player, but he makes the right reads most of the time. Um, he, you can tell, he's already a leader of, of that Patriots offense. Um, his throws, right on the money. I mean, he's doing everything right. Uh, he's got a, a good head coach in, in his his corner. Um, it's whether or not that he's popular enough with the public that he wins the uh, the rookie vote. So we'll see. You got anything else? That's it. Well, we will close it out. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week on the Collar Cast.